Welcome to the Creative Assist Podcast. I'm your host, Dexter, and I appreciate you for tuning in. This is the podcast where I interview creatives, entrepreneurs, artists, writers, just builders of things, and I aim to give you their insight, knowledge, experience, and more in the field that they're in. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Creative Assist, and it's at C-R-E-A-T-V-A-S-S-I-S-T, or you can find us at creativeassist.com. And today I'm speaking with Jake Tovar about a multitude of things. I would say one of the few things that we talked about um, is that you have to understand that your process is different than another creative's. So both of you guys can have the same goals, but your paths to get to those goals are completely different um, because of the circumstances, because of the people you know, because of the environment you're in, because of your mindset, because of your skill set, because of there's just so many different variables that come into play. So you know, as creatives, you know, it's important to understand that, um, you know, there's there's multiple um, equations that can give you the same answer and your equation might look different than others. And that's something that Jake um, and I, you know, were talking about and that's something that he was really good at breaking down. Um, and I'll add that with too as well that you can have high goals and you can have, you know, things that you really want to reach that are like what some people might deem as impossible or unattainable by you, but you can achieve them with hard work and consistency um, and also a blend of who you know and also a blend of integrity. So there's a multitude of factors that comes in play when you when you look at success overall. And I say all that to say that you know, for the people who are stressed, for the people who feel like they're not getting anywhere uh, because they're comparing themselves, uh, that's the number one thing that kills creativity is when you compare because now you're stressed and stress kills all of that energy that you have to be your best self every single day and aim for that goal. So that's just a brief overview of a little bit of what we talk about, but there's plenty of good stuff in here. And also, uh, I say this a little bit in the beginning, but Jake is in a cafe. Hopefully it doesn't bug you out too much. <laughs> Nonetheless, though, um, yeah, it's a good episode. Plenty of gems in here, actually. So let's get into it. All right, man. And we're live. What's going on, man? How you feeling today? Hey, good morning. Feeling good. Feeling great. Yeah, man, good to hear it, good to hear it. Uh, welcome, everybody. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Creative Assist Podcast. I'm your host, Dexter. I appreciate you guys for tuning in. Um, yeah, man, I feels, it feels good to get back in the interview grind. Um, and yeah, man, everything is going well today. We have our guest. What's up, Jake? How you feeling, brother? Hey, good morning. No, thank Once you. Again. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Absolutely, man, no doubt. Uh, and by the way, Jake is inside of a cafe. So, you know, if you hear anything, that, that's all it is. No worries. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, man, I've been wanting to talk to you for a little while because I was, I'm really, honestly, really inspired by your work. I think it's amazing. And, uh, you know, you make, you make some of the most, I guess, empty of places feel lively, you know? Um, Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that to the fullest. Absolutely, man. And that's something that I feel like a lot of photographers, they get kind of stuck on, right? Like they always worry about being in some of the biggest of cities or the most aesthetically pleasing places instead of just kind of creating um, where they're at and fully embracing their environment. Um, And that's something you're good at. So, um, yeah, I'll get into a little bit later. You might give the the listeners, you know, a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, so uh, as Dexter was saying, my name is Jake Tovar, and uh, I'm 25 years old. I'm a full-time portrait, lifestyle, live music photographer, I guess. 
Um, but I, I live in Bakersfield, California, and Bakersfield, California is about two hours north of Los Angeles. And here in Bakersfield, we're pretty driven on agriculture, uh, farming. So it's, uh, it's a very kind of spread out, slower paced type of city, kind of opposite of, of like a Los Angeles or a, uh, a New York City, like very, very just spread out. It honestly reminds me a lot more of the Midwest. Right. Um, so literally like I'm in downtown Bakersfield right now and the tallest building we have is probably a hotel, which is like seven stories high, eight, eight <laughs> stories high. Um, but yeah, very, very slow paced city, very, very chill and cool. Um, grew up here my, my whole life, but once I picked up a camera, I started venturing out and I started going towards the outskirts of Bakersfield and we're actually located at the most southern point of a valley. So we have mountains kind of around us, but I mean, these mountains aren't like, like the Rocky Mountains or they're not like the Canadian Rockies or even the Pacific Northwest or, or Mount Rainier. Like it's, it's cool, but it's, it's not, uh, I don't know, it's beautiful in its own ways, but it's a lot of people from town kind of, I don't want to say look down on Bakersfield, but they don't find the, the beauty, the beauty in it as much as like photographers do or visual artists do. So sometimes it's challenging to create like fresh and new work within Bakersfield just because there's limited locations to play with and there's limited, uh, I guess, aesthetics for lack of a better term. Um, so usually I'm shooting in, in open fields, um, farmland area, um, some mountains, some kind of very, very, um, on like the outskirts of Bakersfield, there's a few smaller towns going towards the mountains. So those, those, those towns usually have like 200 people, 150 people, and there's like local cafes or restaurants. But Bakersfield itself has, I think, around 350,000 people, maybe 400,000, including the suburbs. But it's very, um, it's very challenging at times to, to find the beauty in it. Um, but yeah, a lot of my co locations are just are just coffee shops, cafes, um, open fields, um, a few parks in town. Uh, we do have like a few lakes and rivers that kind of like run through Bakersfield, which is cool. But I don't know. That same concept kind of forces me and motivates me to keep going and to keep exploring and to drive the route less taken and drive drive the scenic route. And I want to I want to definitely mention my dad because my pops he's a big cyclist and he probably cycles 60 to 80 miles a day and he's he's always going through the foothills and going through the mountains and stuff like that so in a way he kind of he kind of recruits locations for me and kind of <laughs> like uh, whenever he sees something cool he'll for sure take a picture of it and like uh, upload it to his social media but I'm like dude where is that location? So he'll tell me the road and where and kind of like how to get to it. So he's definitely helped me a lot um, on the on like <laughs> scouting for locations. But but yeah, I don't know. It's it's definitely not downtown Los Angeles, and it's definitely not the beach. Um, yeah. Like right now, I think today we're projected to be 106 Damn. degrees Fahrenheit, um, <laughs> 107 degrees Fahrenheit. So very hot and like dry heat here. It's not really humid. Right. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of like Bakersfield in like a nutshell for you. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's very interesting though. Um, 
You know, I uh, for me living over here, kind of like by the beach. I'm not really close to LA. I'm about maybe like an hour or so, maybe a little bit more, hour and a half. Um, but over here, it's very vibrant. Um, it's very vibrant. It's really traffic is really heavy. Um, you can kind of feel in the atmosphere that people are stressed out. Um, housing is really high. Um, so there's just a bunch of different variables that come into play over here compared to out there. Um, and one thing I really do like love about Bakersfield is the fact that there is hills and there is, I feel like more like desert kind of like open field type of, you know, mountains and hills. I get that type of feeling and I really do like that emptiness, you know, as far as like for portraits and stuff, just to kind of create something, um, you know, from nothing almost. Um, yeah. 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 It's dope. Uh, it's funny though, because I was thinking about this the other day, um, and I want to hear your opinion on it, but does your environment influence your work or do you try to, I guess, capture the environment with, so for example, just to kind of get, <laughs> I know I'm kind of all over the place, but for example, out here, um, like the, this, the society is very like people, people are focused on business. People are focused on making money. People are like, people are very like, you know, uh, I live down the street from like homes that start at like 2.5 million and up. So I get the feeling that everybody wants to just kind of like be on the grind and on the hustle. So as a photographer, in a sense, I fit into that. Like there isn't too many people out here like that really do enjoy making art. Everybody's just trying to build businesses. Everybody's just trying to hit the beach. Was you know, it's like a different lifestyle. Uh, would you say that kind of plays into how you create art too as well over there in Bakersfield? I mean, I think so. Yeah. I mean, here in Bakersfield, again, we're very driven on agriculture. We're very driven on farming. And I think from a artistic perspective, we're a little behind. Well, of course, we're behind Los Angeles and San Francisco and like the bigger metropolitan cities. But I feel like the surrounding parts of Bakersfield and like the people here are still we're very progressive. Um, we're yeah. still like on the come up. And the fact that we are kind of like a little... I don't want to say we as people, but I just want to say, when I say we, I'm speaking of just Bakersfield, the town. Right. Um, so there's not too many, like, really, really, art, like, there's not many artistic, I don't know how to explain this. Um, yeah, it's just like a feeling, you know, it's like, like how it feels. <laughs> it's it's more of a feeling, it's more, yeah. more of a feeling as a whole, but I can definitely, I can definitely agree with, with the fact that the younger demographic, so I would say maybe like, 17 years old to 30 years old kind of like that millennial just younger demographic they are very very like grinding very uh like willing to just start trading like new new and fresh things and there's a lot of like older money in bigger soap and there's a lot of like traditional ways and stuff like that so a lot of it sometimes a little mixed with traditional mixed with like farming and agriculture but then the younger demographic brings a lot of just fresh, creative, chic ideas. Um, mm -hmm. So I think Bakersfield's slowly coming up, but I think being located in a city like this, um, I mean, it definitely, it definitely drives me to become better. And right. I mean, I'm not surrounded by, I'm not surrounded by the streets of downtown San Francisco where everyone is, is walking somewhere and everyone's meeting. Like I don't know that type of environment and a downtown Los Angeles type of environment is way different than like a Bakersfield environment. But at the same time, like I have a small circle of friends who are really passionate about music and film photography and just websites and coding and design. And I feel like you just have to make the best 
the best of it. And you have to surround yourself with people who are who are grinding and who are wanting to 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 uh, be successful with with their own craft. Absolutely. And um, I think that definitely helps a lot. Just being surrounded by by like-minded people. Yeah. Um, within this type of city, because it is easy to get just drawn into like. I don't know. I don't want to say a party scene. I don't want to say all of that, but I don't know. There's not much. I mean, there is much to do here in Bakersfield, but it's, there's not, I don't know. There's sometimes not a lot to do. Like we don't have, we don't have like really cool popping events like Los Angeles does or like Long Beach does or Orange County does every weekend mm-hmm. or, or even every, uh, every day. Um, I mean, we have like cool events, but maybe like, I don't know, once or twice a month type of thing. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I love my city and I love Bakersfield and it's slowly coming up, but we're definitely behind, um, a Los Angeles or a San Francisco or, or right. Orange County. Um, but and, and I don't know. As, as far as like, you know, um, maybe like party scenes and nightlife or, you know, just overall entertainment, you're not, honestly, you guys aren't missing out on much. <laughs> you yeah. guys, you guys aren't missing out on much, man. It's, um, you know, it's really good that you do have like those creatives who do want to come up and grind with you and who are like-minded. That's super important. Cause out here, I, I kind of like, I'm alone out here, you know, um, everybody kind of is on like the, the lifestyle popularity type, you know, luxury. They want to live a luxury life and you know, some of it is delusional. Some people are actually really doing it. So, you know, I much rather be in a place where I'm kind of like by myself and I have to make something, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah it just kind of influences you in a whole different, whole different way, man. And even then, like I don't want to, I don't want to talk down on the party scene because I know no, some people all. who are very, very, uh, very into it, and they're like promoters of these uh, of these events, and they're and the, these promoters are grinding, and like these DJs and producers and people who are like uh, caters at the event are just grinding as well. So I, I don't want to talk down on that type of scene as well. So because I do have friends who are like DJs and stuff, and who are just trying to book gigs and like get house parties going and just get people involved and that's tight like like i don't know again like seeing people just grinding grind in their own um in their own atmosphere i guess absolutely man and yeah yeah no doubt no uh no, no slander towards the people who are the promoters the djs and put, putting stuff together yeah no 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 none of that <laughs> um I did want to talk to you a little bit about like, you know, how actually you got started into it. Um, you know, like what, you know, we heard a little bit about your, about your influences. So yeah. um, coming into that, like what got you started in photography in general? Okay. Crazy. Um, back in 2010, I was a sophomore in high school and uh, I had got my first iPhone. It was an iPhone 3GS. And I don't know, from then I just started taking photos of my shoes because I, I, I don't, I don't want to consider myself a sneakerhead, but I just <laughs> like I like shoes. I like like cool striped socks, and I started taking photos of my shoes. And then I would symmetrically place my notebook versus my pencil and my little water bottle on my desk in high school, and kind of just take look down photos and stuff. So <laughs> yeah, and I was always that friend who would just take photos of like my other friends whether on hikes or adventures or at a school event or just whatever caught my eye really. Um, and that started back in 2010 
And that mixed in with the app called Visco, V-S-C-O. Uh, good old Visco. Um, dude, I, <laughs> I still use Visco to like apply presets and like filters and stuff, but Visco provided a platform for me to get more influenced by, by filters and and mess, messing with like exposure and contrast and like the color schemes and all of that. So, so I would I would just uh, take a photo on my iPhone 3GS and pop a, a Visco filter on it and <laughs> po- post that to either Twitter or, or Instagram. And from 2010 to about 2015 is when I just did the iPhone thing for a while, and I was really content with that. And yeah. I really just like that snapping a photo, and then I really like the process of edi- ed- editing the photo on Visco, on like going through and picking the the filters and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. when people were telling me like, dude, like pick up a camera, like you should try photography, you should pick up a camera, and I was pretty hesitant at first, and I kind of br- brushed it off and kind of just kept just doing what I like to do, just take photos on my phone, and <laughs> yeah. Eventually, um, my mother had bought a camera for herself to take photos of my brother and I playing sports. And um, and my brother is more, it's, it's just me me and him and then my dad, my mom, my dad, and my brother. But my brother's more of a uh, athlete. So he's actually a college athlete and he's way more athletic than, than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, so she bought, she bought the camera to take photos of us playing soccer and football and stuff. And eventually she put the camera down and just wasn't using it and it was actually a canon rebel t2i with a typical kit lens on it i think it was an 18 millimeter to 55 millimeter and she had a, a zoom lens i think that was like 75 to 300 or something like that so i picked up that and i would walk around downtown bakersfield and i put on my headphones because i'm always really inspired by music so I would walk around downtown and just try and take photos of whatever caught my eye, whether it was people walking across the street or buildings or cool cars or I don't know, just mm-hmm. just whatever caught my eye. And um, I forced myself to shoot manual mode, and I would always fail. I would always get either a super, super overexposed photo or I would get a super underexposed photo. And whenever I would get something on par, I would write those settings down and put them in my notes inside my phone That's and, then smart. Would, and then I would come back the next, the next morning or, or that same night and, and put those same exact settings that I wrote down into the camera and hoping the photo would be the same and typically would not because the quality of light would change and everything would be different. Mm-hmm. So from then I started researching, researching being like, what is the fraction number on a camera which equates to like the shutter speed now but how does the shutter speed affect affect the photo and what is the f number like why is it a decimal and what does that mean and then that equated to aperture and then eventually learning about iso and how those three just all work together to make the light meter um so then uh then i was pretty pretty okay with like reading the light meter and stuff like that and um at the time I was uh, going to going to the junior college, Bakersfield College, and I wanted to major in business. And eventually, I knew I had to take some pretty not too heavy math classes, but I had to take like stats and business calculus, and just I think maybe another calculus class. But math is not my forte, so I'm like, dude, I don't know if this <laughs> bus- if this business degree is going to work out. So 
I took a communications course and completely fell in love with the professor and the way he taught. And the class was interpersonal communications. And from then, I switched my major to, to communications. And that followed taking another class called press photography. And that was kind of like the journalistic uh, perspective on photography and right. I, I learned uh, I learned a lot from that professor I learned on more so on like the journalism side on how to like approach stories and how to like talk to people from a journalistic perspective and how to get captions or cut lines um, mm-hmm. and he was a cool dude his name was John Hart um, so he, he kind of like pushed me in the right direction to, to shoot more uh, more manual mode and shoot more just I don't know, journalistic perspectives. Right. And I thought that was cool. And eventually I wrote and took photos for the, for the school newspaper, which was tight. That is tight. <laughs> but uh, I, I wanted something deeper and I wanted something more creative and artistic. And I couldn't, I didn't really find that within, within the journalistic perspective. So um, when that mixed in with like me picking up the camera and walking around downtown Baker. So then I also want to mention my brother because I, I feel like him, him and his friends played a pretty good role on me finding success via social media because at the time he was, he was a sophomore in high school and he was playing varsity football and um, I would always go out to the football games and take photos of the players, the quarterbacks, the receivers, the, the linemen, just kind of like the whole like football perspective. And at the school, um, it was, right. the school's name is Stockdale High School, and that's where I went to high school as well. But the student section was pretty popping. So they, they like, dude, they were like, they were pretty lit. Really? <laughs> they, they, were, they would like, they would bring out powder and they would like do the LeBron James, like the powder thing. Oh, they, yeah, were they, just, they were they were they were they're pretty cool um yeah. so then uh, i would start taking photos of, of those kids as they were just going ham and later that night i would just post the photos on twitter and social media and i would give these these photos to these kids for free and with that they reposted a lot of stuff on twitter and that kind of got me a few followers and stuff and while doing things for free and all of that, I kind of built a, a friendship relationship with these, with this young, younger demographic. So as I slowly got better, um, they eventually hit me up for like prom photos and graduation stuff and like senior pictures. So I don't know, yeah. did things a lot for free and like built that relationship. And then eventually business followed. Um, right. So that was fast forward to probably 2016. And then, um, yeah, it was Black Friday. Black Friday 2016, I was still shooting on, on the Canon Rebel T2i and then the kit lenses. And then I uh, kind of saved up money and I just went for it and I bought a 5D Mark III with a 24 to 70 at 2.8. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I kind of jumped into that and that was totally a game changer. Yeah. Um, full frame versus crop sensor and more focus points and just deeper uh, ISO, like low, low light capabilities. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that camera changed everything um, for me. And I knew I wanted to, to pursue photography full time and I knew I, I wanted to get more, more into portraits. And uh, eventually I, one of my buddies told me his 50 millimeter F 1.8 and uh and dude, once I once I got the fifty millimeter, that kind of just I didn't force me, but 
it made me venture more into portraits and lower settings and shooting at nighttime. And yeah, so I kind of took portraits kind of like with a grain, grain of salt and I ran with it and that kind of forced me to, again, it didn't force me, but I really enjoyed portraits and I knew I wanted to be full-time photography one day. And I found that portraits and shooting photos for people were way more monetizable, if that's a word. Um, yeah. Monetizable rather than like landscape photography and all of that. Because I, I wasn't working for, for people like National Geographic. I wasn't shooting for Yosemite National Park. And I don't know, like I st I'm still not shooting for those companies, but I feel like with my portraiture, I found more uh, monetizable events and gigs that I could just, I don't want to say take advantage of, but be a part of. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I agree on that one, man. Um, yeah, because, you know, with landscape, you know, it does take, it, it takes a lot, you know, to really get your name out there and, you know, to have the, the prints and, you know, like you said, you aren't hired by the net, the net geo and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. it's a lot, it's a, it's a, it's a longer climb, um, compared to like you're shooting people, uh, you know, or in like a product or, you know, something like that. Uh, yeah, man, that's honestly a really good story. And there's a couple things I do want to highlight. Like, it's funny because as I was listening, um, it sounds like photography was one of the things that kept like, I feel like it kept really reeling you in. Like you said, you were kind of iffy about a camera. Um, but then, you, you know, you were pursuing a business degree, you ended up in communications, and now you're taking like press photography, you know, classes. And I don't know, photography seemed to always kind of make its way back to you and you, you enjoyed it. So that's really dope, man. Yeah, it, it's definitely uh, a gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> That's for sure, man. Um, and also, I want to highlight too, man, like, uh, you know, for people who think that, you know, you need to have something like crazy out the gate. You said you were shooting with the 3GS, which took my ass. Like, that took me way back because, man, I remember the 3GS. Yeah. Also, that was at, that was at like, <laughs> yeah, man, that was at like peak, you know, um, you know, Instagram was like really uh, it was still organic and people were doing things like with nothing but their, their phone cameras. Honestly, like iPhoneography yeah. was the thing, you know? Um, and then you slowly went to the rebel and, and then now, you know, you're shooting with, you know, what you have and mm -hmm. I, I don't know. It's just cool, man. You know, people just should really take their time into the process and not stress, you know, the equipment too much because as you grow, you're going to outgrow the stuff, you know, anyway. Exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. Now, with, with, with all that being said, man, uh, I recently, I, I don't know if it was recent, but I know that you went to Canada, and I thought that was really dope. What exactly, like, made you go to Canada? Was it for work, or was it for, um, you know, was it for fun? Like, tell us a little yeah. bit. Yeah, okay. Um, so, my buddies, my buddies and I, we, we always take trips to Yosemite and Sequoia National Park and down to Malibu and stuff, and and following a lot of just nature photographers and landscape photographers, we always notice that that Banff and Jasper National Parks are just like the mecca of, I guess, Canada, or just like one of the main super dope spots of of just Canada. And uh, and I don't know, we, we were all it was kind of like always just a joke, like, dude, like let's go to Banff, like let's go to Banff and. Let's, let's hit Canada. Yeah. And um, it was earlier this year, I think it was probably January or February, I randomly was just looking at flights online and on kayak. And I found a flight to Calgary, round trip from LAX, where I think like, uh, I think it was like 300, 310, 320. And I'm like, dude, like this is pretty realistic. Um, 
and I thought it was going to be a way more of, of an, an expensive trip. But at the time I was with like a few of my buddies and we were lo- looking at those prices and um, I call my homie Turner, shout out to Nelly, but I call Turner and he's actually based in Los Angeles area. But I'm like, dude, all I said was bam. I, found a trip. I, I said, BAMP, I found a round trip for like 320, 340. Like, how do you feel? What's your perspective? And he was like, dude, say less. Like, I'm down. Yeah. So I got off the phone with him and then called, called my other best friend and they were down. And eventually the squad, it, it went up to eight people. <laughs> <laughs> so then we all bought tickets and then we found a place to stay. And I think just the Canada trip was very eye opening. And I want, eye-opening from a very creative perspective because i mean i've been to yosemite and like northern california and those mountains but in my in my opinion nothing compared to the canadian rock canadian rockies mm-hmm. and driving through driving through those interstates and just seeing these mountains towering over you and seeing avalanche avalanche signs on the side of the road and I don't know. I thought that was like a really cool thing. Like that's great. Like warning for avalanches. Like I've never seen that before. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, wild. <laughs> so I thought, uh, well, like, dude, this is this is gnarly. And Banff was so cool, dude. Because also before going, we also hit hit up some people to to connect with. Um, shout out Kim Ing. Shout out um, just a lot of people. Uh, Marky Otters. Uh, a few models, but the Canadian community literally like made everything super comfortable. Um, like shout out Jed Foster, but so many people came out and just like hung out with us and everything, everyone was so friendly and just so like willing to show us around and stuff. And we already had plans of where we wanted to go and where we wanted to like, what spots we, we wanted to to visit for sunrises and sunsets, but they made things just, I don't know, more comfortable. And I, I think that's so cool. Like the power of Instagram and the power of social media where oh, yeah. you can literally connect and essentially this interview and this like talk, talking with you, like, like without Twitter and social media, like none of that would have happened. Right. Uh, at least like the linking up and like the meeting and connecting. So social media is definitely like a beautiful platform, but the it Canadian, is. the Canadian friends were just awesome. Um, and it was super random too because my buddy Turner, he also had friends from the Portland area that were in Banff at that time as well. So when we all met up, there's probably a good, maybe like 20 of us. <laughs> <laughs> so we were kind of just all just mobbing around to different locations for sunrise and sunset and then having dinner after and stuff like that. So it was just super cool and super organic. And I've never really taken a Well, that was my first trip abroad. Um, it was my first trip out, out of the country and it was kind of cool just getting the passports and making sure everything's like lined up legally and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was interesting and kind of intimidating a little bit just cause I've never done that before. So, right. and traveling those distance, I, I don't know, I don't take too many big trips. So I got a little, um, nervous, kind of like anxious on taking that trip. Oh, I bet. <laughs> I but, bet. Um, I don't know. I sometimes I get a little quiet once I, I travel pretty far and I get a little, a little more introverted when I do travel and I kind of just stick to myself. But again, being with, being with my close homies and, and being with the friendly can, can, Canadian homies definitely like helped a lot. Um, it was like super comfortable, super chill. And I don't know, that trip was just amazing. And hopefully, and I probably, 
Yeah, dude, I probably got like, <laughs> I probably shot, I think, I don't know, maybe like 60 to 80 gigs worth of raw photos. And oh, damn. <laughs> I still like go back and look through them and just reminisce and stuff like that. And I don't know, I definitely want to make a book just based on Canada and based on Banff. Dude, you should. That'd be crazy. I mean, I'm looking through the pictures right now. They're amazing, man. How was the hiking? Dude, the hiking was kind of cool. Um, as far as like the weather and as far as like the climate change, it was completely night and day. Um, right. Dude, like in February, March uh, in Bakersfield, it's like, I don't know, 55, 65 degrees. Like our winters are still pretty mild. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't get snow here in Bakersfield. It's still pretty warm. Um Maybe overnight it might get down to like the 30s and like 25s, but it's only snowed once in my 25 years of life here in Bakersfield. <laughs> um, so if going from that to to zero degree temperatures, one two degree t- temperatures was definitely a, a challenge for me. Um, and I don't know, like I came prepared and I came bundled up and layered, but. The first day we were there, the first morning, actually, it was sunrise, and we went to em- Emerald Lake, and it was about it was about uh, 20 minutes from our cabin, and the coldest part of my body was just my feet, even though I was, like, double-layered with, like, wool socks and stuff and all that, but it wasn't, wasn't unbearable. It wasn't, like, so cold that it wasn't unenjoyable, Yeah, and, I mean, in addition, I, like, my adrenaline kind of just took over, and, like being in, in, in these mountains and, and seeing, seeing everything kind of just overtook everything. Like nothing really else mattered because of this beautiful location and beautiful people and everything kind of just came together. So yeah, man, that it sounds- was cool and it was different, but uh, yeah, fortunately the weather wasn't too bad because I think the week before we went, it dropped down to like negative 10 degrees Fahrenheit, like negative 12 degrees Fahrenheit. And we just missed that. So Damn. I don't know. I don't know how that would have been. <laughs> yeah, would have been wild. That would have been gnarly. But uh, <laughs> yeah, Canada was definitely definitely cool, and I felt like since there was like six, seven people involved, it made the it made the trip a lot more cost efficient. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so, yeah I mean, just take your homies and just just go. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, man. And even if you're anxious, like I've honestly never, um, I never traveled like that far. I've been around the States and stuff, but I never really traveled abroad. Um, I never even been in snow. So that, that shit would make me completely anxious, but you know, you just got to go for it. And I do plan on doing something sooner or later uh, when I get the chance. I always just end up in desert climates, like mm-hmm. somehow, but, <laughs> but, um, that's something I definitely want to experience too. I'm, I'm looking through these photos and they look definitely breathtaking. Do you get anxious like when you're when you're hiking? You, I'm assuming you're not afraid of heights, right? Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm I've never been the dude to like go stand off like a huge ledge of like <laughs> a uh, like a skyscraper building. Yeah. But at the same time, I ask myself when I get to those locations, like how can I how can I go there and not do it? Yeah, yeah, and like not sit off the ledge and not just like dang, dangle my feet. So usually it's more nature locations, and we didn't we didn't go to too many places where we were like off of huge like ledges and stuff and all of that. But uh, hiking was cool. A lot of the trails are kind of closed because it's winter time, oh. and there's just a lot of just an abundance of snow and ice. Um, so we kind of just hit more of the more accessible locations. But I heard, I mean, of course, 
in the summertime, it's completely different. Like all, all of the lakes we went to in, in Canada in March were still completely frozen over. Right. So yeah. everything was, everything was dry and, and frozen. And I definitely would, would want to go back in summertime and do more hiking and maybe canoeing and just mount, mountain biking. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I heard it's night and day from summertime to win- wintertime in, in, in Banff and Jasper. Damn, that's wild, yeah. Eventually, I do want to visit. I know this is kind of like not even the same like city, but I, do, I definitely do want to visit Toronto. It looks like it's like in the yeah. city. And uh, during the summer, you know, I hear that it's, it's fun. It's a fun place to be. So I'll definitely be looking into that. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, shout out Drake. <laughs> I know, we can shout out, man. <laughs> um, but uh, really quick for the listeners, though, like for someone who is like, you know, just just wanting to travel, right? Like they, they want to explore the world with their camera. Like what are some of the things, I guess, that you would say to them, like to make like a smooth travel or preparing? I mean, for the first yeah, the yeah, I definitely get that. I mean, mm-hmm. I think you just have to have a mentality of, I mean, you can, people can do it. You don't need a lot of money to travel. It's just how you prioritize your money and what you set aside and, and how bad do you really want to travel? Um, like, I don't know. I definitely, definitely prioritize your money and, and it's easier with typically when you have homies to go with you because then you could split like gas money, you could split like a hotel or split like Air, Air, Airbnb. But, um, but yeah, I would definitely recommend if you just surround yourself with people who just want to go and just want to travel and have the means for it. Mm-hmm. And it's a kind of way easier, but at the same time, you just, you just have to go. You just got to go. You have to yeah. send it. And I mean, don't be afraid to take trips by yourself or explore everything by yourself. And, I don't know. I would just say explore your own route. Explore what you personally like because we can be really inspired and influenced on locations on social media and Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and stuff, which is cool. Like that's how I got to Banff really. But at the same time, I would totally, um, I would totally just finding what makes you happy and trying to do that, whether it's Joshua Tree in, in the desert and rock climbing or whether it's, snowboarding in Banff or whether it's just going to Malibu and like looking, looking at, at the ocean, like yeah, find whatever you like and just gravitate towards that. Um, right. Cause I feel like with photography and art and music, like there's no wrong or right way to do things sometimes. That is um, true. Like what I like to talk about with photography is if we're taking a portrait, if we're taking like a product photo, like Dexter, you might do five plus five equals 10 but I may do eight plus two equals 10. Like we may have the same, what somewhat of the same product, which would be 10, mm-hmm. but our processes are like way different. So what works for you may not work for me. So finding your own route, finding like what you like, I think is like the ultimate thing. And yeah, I know that's kind of like a pretty big answer <laughs> to what you asked. But, <laughs> no, but uh, it makes sense though. Honestly, it does make sense. Like, you know, just, gravitate towards what you uh, enjoy, you know, doing or what you want to do. Uh, like you said, like, you know, we have different outcomes, you know, we mm-hmm. have different kind of paths that we need to take, but, you know, ultimately, um, you know, we are aiming for something, right? Like whether it be a goal or a location you want to shoot at or, you know, whatever, man. So um, yeah, photography isn't really a thing where you can like follow the same steps necessarily, right? Like you meet different people, there's a different network. So um, yeah, I mean, you know, just kind of, uh, but I, I guess I would say that uh, having a support group is really key, though, like, no matter what, even if you don't yeah. have friends to support you, um, you know, getting together, uh, you know, with people on social media and, uh, you know, just connecting with them, uh, finding people who have a common goal, 
you know that's a big oh, thing definitely and i mean yeah like i'm i live about four hours from yosemite and it would probably take like uh, maybe 80 to 100 dollars in gas money but if you you have like three of your buddies four, four of your friends like you're only spending 25 maybe 30 dollars per person on gas so and if you bring your own food and like all of that then you're not spending money on food so <laughs> again, your own food yeah dude like <laughs> jelly sandwiches and granola bars are yeah dude so uh, i feel like it's it's definitely doable uh yeah. traveling and taking road trips and day trips and stuff and it's just how people prioritize it and how they prioritize their money yeah yeah i hear that man um now throughout like your um photography uh i guess career freelance career whatever you want to call it man throughout the time you've been shooting and everything uh what's some of the biggest things that you've learned like what's some of the things that stand out to you whether it be career-wise or just personal creatively um yeah what are some of the things you've learned gosh oh that's a pretty big question yeah it's pretty broad uh, uh, <laughs> how about um i guess career-wise um i think with knowing when I, when I picked up the camera, knowing eventually I wanted to get into photography full time, I knew I had to have the business savvy aspect in mind. And I knew I had to start thinking about taxes, thinking about business license, and ultimately how I how to connect with people mm-hmm. and how to be a people person. So I feel like growing up, I was okay with people and I, I like just meeting new people and connecting and stuff. But photography and you know, portrait photography definitely pushed me uh, pushed me in that hour pushed me out of that comfort zone to just meet new people and just talk to them and and be more i don't know just have more people skills which were which is like awesome yeah um i think one of the one of the biggest things i've learned from from it so far is like again go, going back to the equations like five plus five equals 10 and eight plus two equals 10 and nine plus one equals 10. Like everyone has their own journey and everyone has their own, their own route. And I feel like I compared myself a lot to other photographers and and their route. And I felt like that was pretty unhealthy. So, right. So don't trip on, don't, I wouldn't say, yeah, don't trip on like time frame on like who's doing this and who's accomplishing what, like, I feel like just, find find what 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 works for you and like genuinely just just dive dive deeper into what you like and i don't know kind of like have a positive mentality all around and don't compare yourself and don't be all negative all all the time and i feel like things will slowly come around Um, (laughs) and it's a pretty infamous saying of just trusting the process and i mean don't get me wrong i can't just hope and pray for a Ferrari tomorrow, like a forester have to like work for it and like actually do things that are building up to that. Like I can't just be super positive and like, oh I'm gonna get this this thousand dollar gig tomorrow. I'm not gonna like just go get this Ferrari or this one GX Mark. Like like I could want those things, but if I have no action to those things, it's not gonna work. So mm-hmm. definitely another thing I learned was prioritizing and that's with time with money with just everything and sacrifices like sacrifice a lot of time to learn more about photography to learn more about photoshop and lightroom and giving up hours to where i could be hanging out with friends or i could go to a little kickback or i could go grab grab a drink with some friends and the time is like the biggest thing because we could always make uh we could always make another paycheck we'd always make another twenty dollars fifty dollars but 
the time we have will never get back. Like the time we've had on this conversation yesterday and this morning, like we'll never get back. So I think time is definitely a huge thing. And that kind of ties into finding and doing what makes you happy the most because we only have a limited time on this earth. So I don't know. I'd rather spend my time doing the things that make me happy. And people can say like, Oh dude, like, like, I can go, I don't know, like I can, like hiking makes me really happy or like, I don't know, like finding, being able to monetize that happiness has definitely been a blessing for me. Mm -hmm. So, and I understand like sometimes maybe the passions or the things you're really interested in may not be monetizable. So then, I don't know, I've had, I have buddies who are more like landscape photographers and they just work a nine to five and they just save up their money and save up their money and then they go on these like awesome trips. So again, I think it just goes back to forcing me to prioritize my time and my finances and all that. If that, yeah. if that is an answer. <laughs> no, it, it is an answer, man. And that's a very good answer. And by the way, you're a very good storyteller. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> Thank you, man. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, you're welcome, man. Um, but yeah, it's honestly a very good answer because I, I, I feel bad too. When, when creatives come up to me or they ask me, get me, whatever it is. And they say, hey, man, like, how did you do this? Or how can I do this? Because at the end of the day, I feel like photography is more based off of the energy you create, if that makes any sense. No, yeah, completely. Yeah, the energy that you create, the people that you're around, you know, like staying positive and just kind of like, you know, trying new things and being willing to evolve and, you know, all those things matter. It's tough because when you tell people, they go, ah, oh, man, this guy's bullshit. And he's just telling me, make, you know, do what makes me happy. I heard that before, but it's, it's honestly true. I don't know what you want from me. It's true. Yeah, I mean, to each his own. I feel like, I don't know, people have to have the open-minded, healthy mentality sometimes to, to take advice from other people. And, I mean, if someone is so, so close-minded to their own ways, then what's the point of like advice and what's the point of talking to the, to other people on how to go? I don't know. Like, like if someone's so close minded, then, then they already have, have their mind made up. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like having the right mentality and, and listening to people and being open to what people have to say and either listening to other, other artists or music or people, I don't know, being yeah. open-minded, I guess definitely has helped as well. Yeah. Um, Definitely. Same here. Same here. Be open and just let, letting things gravitate towards me uh, mm-hmm. definitely has, has been a huge impact on me. Uh, I haven't been, um, like, for instance, uh, I've been shooting a lot. I've been shooting for 10 years, and I was uh, I started off shooting landscape, um, but I know I wanted to do things that are more monetizable, so I would shoot... Uh, um, some of like, you know, the basketball teams, the cheerleading teams, the baseball teams, I would just start doing things around locally. And uh, I noticed mm-hmm. I really did like taking portraits. At the same time, I wanted to do something, I guess, uh, with a fresh business model, like something that's in the now. Mm-hmm. So that's where I got somehow into e-commerce. I did a free shoot for somebody and with the product and they enjoyed it. I posted them. I didn't expect to get any responses from it. I got flooded with work and... I found that somehow, just somehow, like there's not, I didn't try to do that. I just gave it a try. If that makes any sense. No, oh, yeah, completely. Yeah. It's, it's interesting how it works. Um, mm-hmm. So what's some of your plans for the future, man? Like what, what's something you hope to do? Okay. Oh gosh. Um, so the Pacific Northwest has always been on my mind and living in Portland or living in Seattle or like the suburbs has definitely been a goal of mine. 
So hopefully in the next couple of years, like things will work out and I'll have more of a means to move to Portland. And I definitely want to take a few more trips up there to just get more connected uh, mm -hmm. with photographers and with people and stuff. So that's like a, a personal goal of mine is just to, to move to Portland <laughs> or <laughs> move to Portland or Seattle or even San, San Francisco. But I think that is a, a two year plan, a five year plan type of thing. Um, as far as, on the artistic level, um, I definitely want to be working in collaboration with just different brands and leading up to bigger brands. Like I have to start with like the smaller ones, local ones first, and and then branch branching out to like the surrounding cities like Los Angeles or maybe Fresno, California, or even San Francisco. But working with brands on like a lifestyle aspect and shooting portraits for their lookbooks or for their catalogs is definitely a goal of mine. Um, and some of those companies would be, gosh, I'm, I'm honestly dreaming big right now. So don't laugh at me when, when no, I say, when, when I say these companies, but uh, the shoe company, Doc Martens would be really, really cool to work for or work with. Um, there's a brand out of Canada called Raised by Wolves uh, that I definitely want to shoot oh, for as well. I love that brand. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're super cool. And like, yeah. So them, and then, uh, of course, like Nike, Adidas, um, the North Face, Patagonia. Um, but I don't know, dude, like going deeper into like style and like what I like wearing is, I don't know, like if typically I, I go like thrifting and stuff for like just button up shirts and for like pants, I will, I don't know, whatever I, whatever fits me and looks cool, I'll definitely wear it. <laughs> but I don't know I, I have this I don't want to say I have a weird style but you can ask my, my buddies on what they think about my style but if I like it I'll wear it like I don't want to consider myself a hype beast or a hipster or more preppy or stuff like that I don't know so I think just be, being influenced by these different brands like Doc Martens to Baby yeah. Supreme to North Face and Patagonia to Raised by Wolves and just different boot companies and I don't know just wanting to shoot for the companies that I just really admire and that I would wear their clothing. Um, that, and then working with musical artists on a lifestyle aspect. And I mean, I love shooting concerts and shooting live music and learning how to work with just different types of lighting within photography has definitely helped me grow and helped me learn more about photography. Mm -hmm. But if I could shoot more, I don't know, on a lifestyle aspect to, and I say this because I look at ASAP Rocky and I look how fashionable he is and how he's done like projects with Dior and Chanel and, yeah. And just huge companies and huge brands. Like being that photographer for gigs like that would be like a dream come true. Dude, that'd be and, and I know it's not something I can just say and wish for and hope and it'll come to me tomorrow. Like I got to work for it and start with smaller brands and companies and like work my way up and stuff. But I don't know. At the same time, I also love love. That makes sense. So I love shooting with couples. I love shooting engagements. I love shooting weddings. Um, like seeing other people in love definitely makes me happy. And I don't know. It's it's really cool too because some of, some of my buddies and some of the people who I hang out with in town is um, they've been with their girlfriends for like four or five six years and they're pretty fashionable and like into like what they wear. So it's cool just having them and having them be open to having me try new concepts and, and shoots with them. Um, and they're just always down to just like be photographed. So That's I don't dope. know, like 
anything from like <laughs> shooting love and shooting weddings to shooting freaking asap rocky for dior like <laughs> i don't know dude it's a it's a very uh very broad spectrum yeah. and i think um I don't know. When I started photography, I told myself I need to put myself in different uncomfortable settings so I could get more used to that type of lighting or that type of composition and settings like black music settings, like studio lighting settings, like harsh lighting or sunrise sunset. So I just try to push the push that envelope and just put myself in those settings and slowly it just kind of came together. And I mean, don't get me wrong, like I'm very open-minded and I still know that I have a lot to learn and I still want to learn a lot. Like I don't, I don't think of myself like, oh, I, I know this already. I'm not going to do it. Like again, going, going back to, back to the concept where you might do five plus five equals 10, but I may do eight plus two equals 10. Our processes, processes are going to be way different. So learning from different artists and photographers and and professors or just people in general and learning how they do things and like their process is just cool as well so yeah. I, ne I never want to cap myself if that makes sense no it makes total sense it makes total sense um yeah i like the fact that you brought up um couples and stuff that's really cool man i enjoy it too i enjoy those candid moments um yeah i just I, it's, it's something fun uh it, it's it definitely feels organic it feels um, it feels warm. That's something I really enjoy doing. I, I've done a couple of weddings, so uh, it, it definitely is something that I really do like doing. Um, yeah, man, I hear you. I hear you, man. You gotta think big, though, man. You can, yeah. <laughs> don't ever, don't ever really, you know, say like, "Hey, man, like I might, I might think big." Excuse me, yeah. like, no, nah, man, go for it. Be confident, man. You know, and, and, and back it up with some work, man, and you'll definitely get far. Uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely, and and also I think you uh, raised by wolves or uh, what's that other brand Panatoga and yes, yeah, I, I don't know how to pronounce it, but yeah, I think I think you would do really great with those two. Um, and shooting in the mountains and you know bringing in the landscape environment with people, I, I could definitely see that. That'd be tight. <laughs> Thank you, man. Definitely, definitely appreciate it. Yeah, no doubt, man. No doubt. Um, also, too, uh, I noticed you, you know as as we're talking about brands and things of that nature. Um, I did want to touch on something because this is a little bit, even unfortunate for me because I'm not heavy on the Instagram grind, but I do want to work with other brands and stuff right now. Mm -hmm. uh, well, not right now, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah. But uh, tell us a little bit about like, because I was listening to like your YouTube interview as well. And I heard that, you know, some brands kind of like, you know, they would prefer you to have 10,000 followers and up. Um, yeah. It's a little unfortunate, right? But I do understand yeah. that it is business and, you know, they want somebody who has an influence and maybe things of that nature. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, it, I just it wish that it was more focused on uh, the portfolio, you know, the work. So uh, Yeah, and I mean, on it. I think, I think, it's, I think uh, a lot of it goes to connections and, like, who you know and, like, how people can just facilitate that uh, the whole process. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I've had a company, uh, I reached out to them and they were like, yeah, dude, like your work is cool. Like we really enjoy it, but we're looking for someone with 10,000 or plus followers. And they're kind of like a smaller company, not super small, but they definitely were self, self, self sustaining. Yeah. But, but they were like, yeah, dude, just hit us up when you have like 10 plus 10 plus 10 K or more. Uh, and I'm like, like, okay, dude, like for sure. Like, I don't know. Like I didn't really, wasn't, negative to it i'm like okay that makes <laughs> yeah. sense and from a business perspective 
at first they would want more people to to raise awareness about their brand. Makes and sense. I guess the more followers, the better in that in that particular equation. But I don't know. I think um, as far as like with brand work and stuff, because I've well, side note, I've also seen some of my homies and. At the time, my homie had, I think, like 8,000, 8,500 followers. And shout out, his name is Sho, S-H-O. Mm-hmm. And he's from Hawaii, but he was going to school in Chicago. And he actually did some video work and uh, photo work for Nike in Chicago, which I thought was crazy dope. That's crazy, yeah. And being at like 8,500 followers without a K right by your follower number, like him doing that, I think, was just super inspiring. So I think it goes into the connection. I mean... It for sure goes into the connection side of things and who you know. Yeah. But, but yeah, I don't know. I don't. And then at, at the same time, I've seen artists, or I'm sorry, I've seen like tour photographers and like portrait photographers that produce amazing, amazing work and they shoot for these bigger publications. And I check out their social media and they only have like 4,000, 5,000 followers. And I mean, to an extent, like I, I do have friends in Bakersfield within the photography community that that only have like 2,000, 3,000 followers, 4,000 followers. And I know for a fact that they could outshoot some of these photographers who have 15,000, 16,000, 20, 25,000. So, I mean, it's there, dude. Like the, yeah. quality, the quality of content is there with someone who even doesn't even have an Instagram. <laughs> no, that's facts. This <laughs> is, if you, if, I don't know, like, and some of these dudes in town, they're, they're just more into the art of things. and more into just, film and photography and, and how everything works um, opposed to the social media aspect but the work that they show me that they've produced is just beyond amazing um, so I think sometimes people get mixed up mixed up with like oh dude you have the $5,000 camera you must it must take amazing photos or you have 20,000 on Instagram like you must have have an amazing skill set or, or or photos and I mean to, to an extent like I don't know. I've also seen people with like 20, 30, 40,000 followers and their work is just untouchable. Yeah. No, <laughs> and I, I could never, I could never get to that level. So I don't, <laughs> don't want to talk down to people with a lot of influence and stuff because I mean, a lot of people are following them for a particular reason. <laughs> oh, of course. They're, they're honestly, just good. Uh-huh. But I feel like sometimes people just get mixed up in, in, in it all. And I mean, again, there's no right or wrong answer to things like, if you want to be more not social and not on the, on social media or, or Instagram, and kind of just want to do it for like the artistic hobby side of things, then sure. If it if the shoe fits, then wear it. But if you want to you want to build your following, if you want to have a social media presence and want to reach out to brands via social media, then then sure. If yeah. if you want to do that, then then sure. I think uh, it goes back to uh, to each his own. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, dude, I don't know, going back to the branding thing, and I'm sorry I'm all over the place, but That's all good. Yeah, yeah, a few brands are like, yeah, dude, just hit me up whenever you have 10,000, 12,000 followers, and I'm like, that's cool. Like, I understand that they want to appeal to appeal to the masses, but I don't think the quality of work should be forfeited. I agree. Sense. No, I definitely agree. Um, uh, yeah, I, I definitely agree with it, man, because like you said, like there's some people out here who don't even have Instagram, but they, they produce amazing work and they really just enjoy the art aspect and, you know, and, um, so yeah, man, I guess it just really, really just depends on your perspective. Um, and, uh, you know, what you want, 
I guess, right? So, uh, and also, man, it, it does take talent to be an influencer. Like I, I always say that people think I'm crazy, but it, it does take some talent to have like, uh, you know, to have a social media presence and to be in a, in a sense, and this might sound crazy, but in a sense, it's a form of acting when you can put yourself out here and be totally comfortable in front of cameras and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. dude. It, it, it's hard for some people. It's easy for some people, but yeah. some people do it more naturally, but sometimes it takes more work. Again, like everyone has their own route. Yeah, exactly. And I think if you just compare yourself to others, like they, that may not be mentally healthy for 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 you. No, it's not. Definitely not. Yeah, yeah. I, I would, I wouldn't definitely wouldn't uh, try to compare myself to someone else, man. You know, just 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 stay on your grind, and you know, just uh, things will gravitate towards you as long as you stay on that grind, man. So yeah, agreed. Yeah. Well, man, damn, this is this is a, this is good, man. You honestly, you opened my mind to um, creating more. I definitely feel inspired. I want to get out there. I want to shoot. I want to try new settings, new locations, new things. Yeah, dude, please. And I mean, thank you. Like, thank you for having me. And like, thanks for this opportunity and stuff like that. But yeah, dude, I totally would recommend like just going out there and uh, I don't know, forcing yourself into different settings and, and into different qualities of light, and it's only going to make you grow as an artist in the long run yeah um, so that's that's the kind of mentality that i kind of like still have it's just keep trying new things and i mean the more you can just get good at then the more maybe you can offer to a client yeah yeah no doubt man no doubt well thank you for being on man where can the people find you like find your work uh you know the okay. socials or whatever yeah um so my instagram and twitter are is actually at MOTVD and that's short for or that's like MOTVD some people say that some people say motive some people say motivated uh, but it's actually short for motivated but at MOTVD and then my website portfolio would just be MOTVD.com Oh, okay. I, you yeah. know what? I always wondered, like, what the what does this mean? Like, I thought it was like abbreviation for your name but I was like, wait, his name is Jake. Where did the M come from? I was, I was, yeah. No, I get it. I get it. <laughs> uh, yeah, when I when I started photography, and it actually came from it came from Tumblr. So at the time, I was dating this girl, and she was really into Tumblr, and she inspired me to make a Tumblr account. So I did, and initially, my name was just like jakecovar.tumblr.com, and I started using the platform, and I recognized that so many people had very unique original names. And I'm like, dude, like, I definitely want a name like that. Like, that looks really cool. So I jot down some notes and I'm like, I asked myself, what do I see myself as? And I wrote down some adjectives and motivated was one of the words that, that I wrote down. So uh, I shortened it and I came up with MOTVD and I liked the minimal concept of it. I liked how it brought about a question or brought about a conversation like what does that mean or what does it stand for or is like an acronym or how do you pronounce it so i I like that aspect of it as well so i just went went with it and haven't really looked back since that's cool that's honestly a really cool story for you know for such a acronym that i thought was just your name or something like that that's really cool (laughs) (laughs) thanks Tommy. yeah man no problem brother well uh yeah man once again appreciate you for being on and take care thank you you too bye all right, guys, and that will wrap up yet again another episode of the Creative Assist Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. You can find us on Twitter or on Instagram at Creative Assist, and that's at C-R-E-A-T-B-A-S-S-I-S-T, or you can find us at creativeassist.com. 
And yeah, guys, if you find any value in this, you know, feel free to leave a review. Give me some feedback. I want to hear you guys' opinions. Um, and yeah, once again, I appreciate all of you guys. Um, and I will talk to you next week for yet again another episode. Take care.